in this installment of Unpacked. I was dizzy, uh, shortness of breath, I couldn't stand for very long. I had lost 10 kilograms in about three weeks. Uh, we got the results, uh, found out that it was diabetes. You're going to be doing this every single day for the rest of your life. You do what you have to to live. Yeah. It's not easy, but it's not that difficult. do you really know about diabetes and the type of experiences that those that suffer from it have? Both of our guests are here to share their stories. Let's unpack. Comedian Tireletso Pasha, affectionately known as Titi, is known for his unique brand of observational comedy, leaving audiences in stitches. However, behind the curtains, not everything has been funny since being diagnosed with diabetes. It was during the time of the World Cup that then 16-year-old Kirsten de Klerk was diagnosed with diabetes. After her own journey with the condition, she has since founded an organization that advocates for those living with the condition. They're both here to share their story. Let's unpack. Titi, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Joining us via VideoCon is Kirsten. Kirsten, welcome to the show. Hi there, thanks for having me. All right, so Titi, uh, you are a diabetes, you were diagnosed with diabetes type 1. Take me back to what life was like prior to your diagnosis, building up to the diagnosis. Um, pretty much like a, a, you know, normal childhood, you know. Mm. Um, I was diagnosed when I was 21. Mm. So before that, you know, it's, it's just a normal life that you're partying, you're you're still, you know, in your young Yana years, mm. you know, so there's a lot of partying, there's a lot of going out, there's a lot of socializing, and... Uh, but medically, there was nothing out of the ordinary was, for the most part. Yeah, there was nothing extraordinary. Like, I was never a sickly person, like, yes. you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah. you know, I didn't have any sort of problems or anything of that sort. Mm. So... Yeah, when it did come, it was, hey, man, it was, you know. Came hard. Yeah, it came really hard. I was, yeah. Talk, talk me through what, what the first signs were. I remember the day that I started getting ill. Um, I remember I was at work. Uh, it was before I became an entertainer. So, you know what I mean? So, lunchtime, I'm sitting there with a donut and a can of, okay, I'm not going to say what can, yeah. just now people the fizzy think. fizzy drink. Yeah, just yes. now people think that can gives you diabetes. <laughs> no, it was just a fizzy drink and a donut. So after that, I started getting dizzy. I started getting, you know, like, you know, when you, when people think, mm. you know mm. what I mean? Like, I thought uh, those type of symptoms and stuff like that. I, I was dizzy, uh, shortness of breath. I couldn't stand for very long. I got tired. Um, so I went home, you know, the next day, I think about a week, that whole week, um, they thought, you know, so my mom would bring me Coke to say, because my stomach was also yeah. running. So she thought, you know, oh, no, Coke, it'll stop your... Yeah. Um, but it was actually making it worse, yeah. you know, so, but I went to the doctor after three days, they took a couple of blood tests, lost a lot of weight, mm. um... Yeah, no, I thought it was viral, and we didn't know what it was. So, 
Wow. As usual. Right? It wasn't the doctor though who said it. Your diagnosis is Buloy. Buloy, you are a lawyer. You are a lawyer. Yes, yes. You know what I mean? So, yes. so after uh, we got the results, uh, found out that it was diabetes. And that was just a confirmed diagnosis. And what did the doctor explain to you diabetes is? Uh, I, I had known about it, you know, yeah. from, from high school. Um, but I never, I never thought, you know, I, I would have it because mm. for me, I knew about type 2 diabetes, which yeah. is one you get after a lifetime, you know, mm. like it's how you eat and when you grow up. You more start, lifestyle related. Yeah, more yeah. lifestyle related, type 2. So I, uh, that's the one that I really knew primarily mm. about. I didn't know that you could get it um, when you were so young. Mm. So when they explained to me that it's diabetes, Lynn, I was a bit confused, you know, but they told me that I have to now take insulin shots twice mm. a day. They explained to me what it was. I stayed in hospital for about a week or, mm. or so. Um, they had to try and get it down because when I was diagnosed, there was like 40. And a normal mm. person is between 7 and 10. Mm. Mm. So, you know, it was, it was pretty hectic. And what can happen to you if it's too high? If it's too high, you could uh, go into a coma. You could, you could die. Mm. Mm. Uh, mm. So, you know... It's much better to go to the doctor and, and get to the bottom of it so that they can catch it early. Mm. Uh, as soon as... Did you understand the severity of um, your sugar being that high at that time? Um, at the time, I didn't mm. until they, they explained to me, you know, we need to get it down, we need to mm. balance it out and, and whatnot. I, I had no idea what was happening with yeah. me. You know what I mean? I just thought... I know Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what else did they tell you just in terms of what a diagnosis means? They, they, they explained to me that, you know, it's quite a serious condition. Yeah. It's going to change a lot of things in my life. Mm. Um, and it, it did, you know what I mean? Because it's about habits, basically. Yeah. You have to break all the eating habits that you've had for the past. Yeah. You know, for the past 21 years. You have to uh, start giving yourself injections. You start, yeah. you know, thinking about that and testing your sugar regularly mm. uh, every single day. So it's it's a whole lifestyle change. Yeah. Um, you have to eat differently. You have to drink a lot of water. You have to, you know, mm. take more care of yourself. Be very cognizant and conscious about, mm. you know, what you eat and what you put in your mouth. Before that, uh, I mean... Yeah. As long as well, you know? yeah, but mm. after that, you have to be conscious about what you eat, what you put in your mouth every single day. Uh, Kirsten, uh, what was the, the build up to your diagnosis and how did you eventually find out that you, uh, you know, something's not right? Um, so, yeah, I was 16 at the time, also completely normal life before that. No, I was a very happy, healthy child. Um, and I turned 16 in June and three weeks later, I had lost 10 kilograms in about three weeks. Um, I was basically a walking skeleton. I was also extremely dehydrated, very thirsty all the time, going to the bathroom to wee a lot. Um, also just extremely exhausted. Like I couldn't even get the energy to kind of walk up a flight of stairs. And went to the doctor and I first got misdiagnosed as having bronchitis because my immune system was very low at the time. Mm. So I had a bit of a bronchitis infection. Went back. 
doctor misdiagnosed me again as um, a possible anorexic because of the weight loss. Wow. And it was only after having a real hard discussion with my mother that I was eating normal food and just like um, your parents were giving you like Coke and stuff to like give you more energy. My parents were doing the exact same. They were giving me energy and cake and sugary stuff to kind of try and uplift my energy. And like, obviously it was just making it worse. And eventually um, my mom took me straight back to the doctor and said, listen, do every blood test you need to do, find out what, what what's wrong with my daughter this evening. And they sent us back home and we got the phone call and that was that. I had type 1 diabetes. And what was your understanding at the time? Because you were still a teenager, you were 16, correct? Yes, I was 16. And to be honest, I remember one occasion in my lifetime where I was at a restaurant and I saw a man injecting and I had I thought it was the weirdest thing. And I thought it was so like, oh, why is he doing that in the restaurant kind of thing? And I remember I was still on the way to the doctor that night um, after my diagnosis and I was Googling, am I going to die if I have diabetes? Wow. <laughs> I remember <laughs> the most shocking results coming up, like leg amputation, kidney failure, heart disease, blindness, all these things. And I was like, what? Mm. What is this? This is insane. And yeah. I, I honestly thought, you know, that it was going to be okay until I read those sort of outcomes of diabetes. Um, I was really scared and I honestly had no knowledge of how to manage the condition so that I could still live a healthy life with it. So you consulted Dr. Google. Don't ever Google your symptoms. <laughs> don't, don't do it. I was it. sitting in the back of the car. It was horrible. <laughs> don't ever do it. <laughs> and I mean, at the time, I think it's, it's crazy because there's so many things we hear about, like everybody has heard of diabetes. And then as black people say, but no one actually understands what does it mean. So, I mean, um, you, you're saying from your side now, you read all these horrific things. What did the doctor then explain to you after you had scared yourself? So I remember he told me same lifestyle changes. You know, you're going to have to eat a balanced diet. You're going to have to exercise. Um, I would then have to prick my finger at least five times a day to see my sugar level. And I would also have to take multiple um, insulin shots per day. I take four insulin shots a day um, or more, depending on what I need. And I remember looking at him and I said to him, okay, I can do that. How long must I do it for? Yes. <laughs> Expecting that, like, you know, when you get uh, sick or you get flu and you take antibiotics and you look after yourself, you get better. And I'll never forget him looking back at me. And he said to me, you're going to be doing this every single day for the rest of your life. And that, to me, was a reality shock. That that statement that he made has stuck with me 11 years later. I still remember him saying that because it just didn't feel right as a 16-year-old. How was I? Is this my life now? It was yeah. just a shock. Yeah. And I think it's scary because lifestyle change is literally what you do every, all the little things you do every single day. It's not one big hurdle. You're like, okay, I've done it. I can move on now. Yeah. For, for you, Titi, <laughs> what was the most daunting thing about what the doctor had had told you? Look, uh, I think, as she said, you know, the fact that you're going to have to do this forever. Yes. Like, I was like, ever, ever? Forever, like, ever? Ever, ever. Yes. And now it's 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 completely different now. It changes your whole... Because you're thinking, okay, so what if one day I don't have it? What if I forget it? What if... You know what I mean? And you start thinking of how people are going to perceive you now. Where am I going to run off to to do this thing? Because you, you, now you feel like Superman because you're going to have to go to a phone booth and change <laughs> and then come back to yeah. normal, you know, and sit with people. Um, but it, it was it was more, you're thinking more shame. Yeah. You know, you're thinking, how are people going to perceive me? How, yeah. how am I going to go back 
to to being with friends and and living that life that I was living. Because yeah. um, you know you know, man. People will always ask you, so why why don't you drink? Mm. No, no, I drink. Why? Mm. Mm. And then you have to explain. No, I have diabetes. <laughs> And so I'm, you, I'm glad you're mentioning that. So if you say hyperic as in it's not working, yeah. the implication is that you have erectile dysfunction. Do you know what I'm saying? That, that's what most people think when, when you mention diabetes. So Do you have erectile? No, I don't. No, I don't have oh, you, erectile Thou dost protest this so fast. Listen, listen to me. <laughs> I am fine. I do not have... No, but it, I think it maybe a, for... It can for, be a symptom. It though. can be It yes. can be a thing for, for type... Two, yes. most of the time, because the, the pills are the after effect of it yes. is that you might have, a, you know, erectile dysfunction. Yes. Um, but not with type 1. I don't, I don't have that problem. Yes, I don't know yes. about you, Kestin. Uh, but <laughs> me, I know I don't have, I don't have yeah. that problem. And, you know, it's, it's, even if you do have it, you know, you, you do what you have to to live. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Also, it's really not their business if they're asking you that question, which everybody, is where, where that comes from. Everybody thinks it's it's their business. Everybody yeah. just wants, you know, to know about that. That's the one, like, that's the one thing that people ask the most about. When you tell when them you have diabetes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, are they asking because they're going to solve it for you or, like, why they're asking? No, they're just asking. <laughs> I already know that's an auntie. It's not a man. <laughs> like, everybody wants to know. That's the yeah, one thing that they yeah. want to know. And, and you know, if, if we would just educate ourselves, we, we, we'd know a little bit more about it. It's not like everybody who has diabetes yeah. has that. You know, you have to take care of yourself, obviously. Yeah. Um, if you're not taking care of yourself, you're going to have problems. Uh, Kirsten, what was some of the, I mean, so now you've gone to the doctor, they've explained and they're like, this is forever. And they explained the lifestyle, lifestyle change. Did your family jump on board and everybody's like, cool, we're doing this, we're with you? Yeah, so I think the one benefit of being diagnosed at 16 was that I was still in school, so I still had a very routine life. Mm. Um, so it was a lot easier to like, okay, one thing I changed was eating dinner earlier. So we changed our eating time from six to seven, just so that you make sure that your sugar levels are stable before bedtime. Mm. Um, so my whole entire family obviously jumped on the bandwagon. Um, we started eating a more balanced diet. Um, you know, school was also very supportive. Um, so were my friends. They all learned how to, you know, prick my finger, what each blood sugar reading meant. Um, mm. They would take notes for me in class if I had to eat a snack or eat or do anything like that. So, yeah, it was a lot easier to actually adjust to in that sort of routine environment. Whereas I feel that at the age of 21 is when I struggled the most because now you're meeting a whole bunch of new people. You're in a completely different environment. It's not the sort of friends that are there with you when you were younger. So now you're meeting new people and you don't want to really burden them with your diabetes. So you actually just keep quiet and you kind of carry this and you... you by yourself. I mean, it was, those were my worst years was um, in college um, where I was solely responsible for my diabetes. No one really knew about it except for me. Is there a reason that you didn't feel comfortable sharing with people? Um, I think for me, it was just that a lot of people are going through their own changes in that time in their life, you know, going to college, you're meeting new friends, you're figuring yourself out as a person. Um, you're really growing in those years. And for me, I just felt like, you know, everyone else is dealing with their own problems. Mm. Um, I'm just going to keep on keeping on 
and just keep it to myself. You know, I did have my friends from school that I still spoke to from time to time, but they were also on their own journey, you know, and it was the same with my family. I was spending more time away from home. I wasn't at home often enough. Um, so I just felt like it just wasn't the environment. It's the fun years of your life, not to talk about your diabetes burden and yeah. what you're feeling. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Plus the fact that people uh, don't really care about diabetes. Like, people don't care. They generally, they don't. When is diabetes day? <laughs> so, they may buy. No one cares. I, I don't yeah. know when diabetes day is. But that's not the point. The yeah. point is, most people don't really care about diabetes. If you had cancer, or if can, you had... Can I ask, is it because of the fact that the, the illnesses that people are so concerned about are either con very contagious, obviously COVID is the one we're all worried about because it's highly contagious, mm. or is it because of the terminal aspect, which is like how easy it is to die and people just think you'll drink pills or you'll take your injection, you'll be fine? I think, I think it's, it's a combination of both, but also the fact that it's mostly elderly people who have diabetes. Of which you know both saying? of you are not elderly. Yeah, so you don't really get people that your age that, that care about, you know, you can't eat a cookie? What? What are you talking yeah. about? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they, they, they don't really care what you're eating every single day and how your life is, how you're struggling with uh, sugar levels and, and, you know, how, how you wake up in the middle of the night because your sugar's low and you have to eat something. And, yeah. You know, all, all of that. People are facing their own problems. And especially yeah. at that age when you're just, you know, young enough and you're starting to figure yourself out, we're all trying to to, you know, get our lives together. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We're all trying to balance out uh, things. And now you expect people to, to care about you pricking your finger. Chief, please. <laughs> Look, I think, I think if you're not directly affected, then maybe it's not a biggie to, you know, the general public. Um, even for me to be listening to the both of you as type 1 diabetics, my father is a type 2 diabetic. My mom's mom was a type 2 diabetic both came on later in life. And obviously we had to be cognizant of that, like had to be like, dad, you can't have that drink. Like mm. we all know what's gonna happen. Mm. And then my mom changing the diet in the house when we were in school and how we all had to, you know, make those lifestyle changes. But if it's not happening in your household, you are correct. You don't really like worry Ex about- Exactly, because yeah. already young people and young guys like myself, already they don't care about their own health. Yeah. How do you expect them to say, Chief, don't drink Coke. Well, put the Coke down. Hey, why? Even no. alcohol. Don't Even drink, alcohol. Don't drink alcohol because like, it can be high in sugar. Yeah, dude. They're like, dude, drink. Have a hangover yeah. the next day with Lava Shab. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Drink yeah. some water yeah. the next day with Lava Wet. But for you, it's, it's more, you know, uh, more damaging. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And yeah. it takes a lot more. You have to know that you're drinking no sugary drinks. Yes. Uh, uh, Zero, Light beer. the zero of, of, yeah. of whatever, zero sugar and all those you things. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you have to drink um, whiskeys, mix them with water. Yes. Not, you know what I mean? There's, there's a lot of rules there. That's why I left that whole thing. Because yeah. there's now rules and regulations and I'm yeah. already struggling with other stuff. So yeah. I, I cut rather that part cut out. It, yeah. yeah, rather cut it out. But it, it takes a while. Uh, Kirsten, from your side, what is the hardest uh, part, you would say, of um, being a diabetic, just in terms of the day-to-day, -day, what has been the hardest struggle for you? Um, I think for me, 100% um, trying to manage the blood glucose levels. A lot of people that are not educated about type 1 diabetes specifically don't realize that 
there are up to 42 factors that affect your sugar levels. So no, it's not just exercise, food, and taking your insulin. It actually includes something like the sun. If the sun is too hot that day, my sugar levels drop. Mm. If I go in hot water, my sugar levels drop. If I'm stressed, my sugar levels spike. Different types of exercise also affect that sugar level. Um, it's just there's so much to consider in every day. It's not just about the food you're eating, if you had good sleep that night or the medication mm. you're taking. So for me, it's also, um, you know, it's it's so difficult to explain unless you're living with a type 1 diabetic and seeing what they have to deal with on a day-to-day basis, how difficult it actually is to try and get your sugar levels in range of the day. Um, I think that's been the hardest thing for me. Um, but recently, I've started using new technology. You might have noticed this white little patch on my arm here. Um, and this enables me to check my blood glucose level basically 24 hours a day. I don't have to prick my finger anymore. Um, and that has been a huge help in trying to manage those blood glucose levels. And I, and I think that's the beautiful thing about technology is like, um, we're talking about pricking yourself like it's nothing, whereas some people have serious <laughs> fears of needles for them to have to be doing that four times a day, maybe to inject insulin, and then to be pricking yourself multiple times to get a glucose re- reading. It's a big deal. No, it's crazy. This this technology, and that's almost my dream. I've actually just um, started working full-time in diabetes advocacy to try and get, you know, so diabetic South Africans better access to technology like this because it's completely changed my relationship with diabetes, and I believe everyone should have... Mm, mm, mm. TTN, I mean, from, from your side, how do you manage the day-to-day? Um, do you have technology supporting you? What, how, do, how is it that you get through? Technology. <laughs> you don't have to, you, you're stuck with the needle. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I have to do things myself. I have to uh, check my, my insulin levels, I have to prick myself a couple of times, I have to watch what I eat. Um, you know, there's a lot of factors that come into play, as she explained, you know, um, just generally the, the most difficult thing, though, is what what I eat. Because mm-hmm. you'd be surprised at how many sweet things are out there. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like how, many, how many things, things have include sugar, sugar in yeah. them. Even you know savory I mean? products. Like, and, and the, the thing about food is that um, the more they tell you not to eat something, mm-hmm. you got to get them more. <laughs> Don't think about red. What's the first thing? Red. Thank you. Yeah. That's like, that's, the more you're supposed to think about what you eat every single day, but it's easier if, you know, you, you for me, I've been, it's been 12, 13 years yeah. uh, this year. So you get into certain habits and, and you try to discipline yourself as much as you can mm. uh, in terms of the food. But like, you know, you have to think about, is there a specific food for me mm. to eat in this place? Mm. You know what I'm saying? You can't just enjoy, walk around and just eat whatever is there, mm. you know? Um, so were you happy with the sugar tax and how so many of the products that are available um, in, in our grocery stores have actually changed the amount of sugar in them? And obviously to, to the mass production, myself included, complaining about some of the things not tasting the same. Uh, um, I can't, I'm not going to say I celebrated because, I mean... You know, if I wasn't diabetic, I would want that sugar in there. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. But it's it's definitely a, a, a way for the government to help us out yeah. and lead us in the right direction because more people are getting, um, uh, you know, diagnosed with it. And it's becoming 
a bigger problem, yeah. you know, for the general public. So it's it's always good when they try to uh, cut down and try to make regulations and rules and so on and mm. so forth. Um, so yeah, it's definitely, but like there's a lot more that goes into it than mm. just, you know, cutting from what what to zero sugar, mm. you know what I'm saying? And also they, they lie a lot. They lie a lot. They'll tell you there's no sugar in this thing. And then and you read the yeah, and then you yeah. read the thing. There's still sugar in it. So, um, when you're diabetic, you have to go a little bit deeper than just uh, just seeing something that says no sugar and then yeah. consuming it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Kirsten, on your side, the sugar tax. Were you happy about that? Um, I would say yes. Um, mostly because. Um, as you said, it's so difficult to just be out and about, like for instance, going to a restaurant. Everyone just sits down with their big bowl of pasta. I don't know what's gone into that pasta, what's in the sauce. I can't now try and calculate. I think with being a diabetic, you do so many maths calculations trying to figure out how many carbohydrates and what sort of amount of sugar could be in the meal that's just been served to you. Um, so I do like the fact that they are bringing in sugar taxes I also do like the fact that it's just creating more awareness about the amount of sugar that we're eating. Um, diabetes is the second leading cause of death in South Africa after TB, and it's actually the number one leading cause of death in the Western Cape. So I really do feel that the government needs to be doing more to talk about diabetes and how important it is. I feel like not enough is being done in the diabetes sector to help people out. What more do you think could be being done? Oh, there's a list as long as the <laughs> the universe. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, firstly, diabetes education. I think a lot of people are just given medication and being sent away without any education on how to manage the condition. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's number one. And then awareness as well and education to those around us. As um, we've discussed, a lot of people don't know anything about it. They think it's as easy as just exercise, take your medication, and that's that. And it's mm. it's really much bigger than that. Um, I think mental health needs to be taken more seriously when you are looking after a pancreas or becoming a full-time organ, you know, supplier or provider. It, it takes a lot of toll on your mental health. Um, you know, it's 24-7, you're constantly thinking, constantly thinking. It's like, you know, you're constantly balancing a balloon in the air, mm. in the air whilst you're doing every other activity in your day-to-day. -day. It's just mm. like this constant thing in the back of your head that's just always going off, alerting you that something's wrong because your body just doesn't feel right. Um, so I think um, there needs to be a bit more talk about the mental health aspect of living with chronic illness in South Africa. Um, and then, of course, better access to technology and better access to testing kits and testing strips. It's it's actually a joke what the government gives at, that, at public level. Uh, Kirsten, from your side and the work that you've done, I mean... Um, how accessible, you've already mentioned government, but how accessible is, is the treatment to a person who doesn't have medical aid, for example? So it is not accessible, I would say, at all. There is access to insulin, but when it comes to managing your sugar levels, I feel that the amount of testing strips that are given, if any, is bare minimum, mm. as well as the actual testing kit that you need to be able to test your blood glucose level. A lot of people are getting diagnosed these days and not even given a testing kit. These cost anywhere from, I would say, about 150 and up. Um, and when you're already taking on a diagnosis like diabetes, I mean, you can't then go and afford the cost of trying to get extra things to try and manage your condition when you're trying to eat healthy, you're trying to exercise, you're trying to understand the bigger picture of diabetes. 
Mm. And I mean, um, just especially from what you've you've said about they don't give out enough testing strips or um, testing kits. Why is that so important? I think if anyone ever had to take insulin, you would understand how volatile it can make your blood sugar levels. Mm. Um, and as I so it's not like a dosage that you take and it just stabilizes. You have to constantly check what no. it's done to your body. You have to constantly check what is going on. Exercise, especially if you're going to be exercising, you have to test before, during, and after to know what effect it is, ha- it is having on your sugar level. Um, even on medical aid in the private sector, you're only given five testing strips a day. That means that you can only test your sugar level at five different points in the day, which makes absolutely no sense if you're wanting to exercise. They also say if you're going to drive, you should be you, you should check your sugar, sugar level before you drive because obviously if you go low or too high, you can also go into a coma while driving. Um, so there's just so many points in the day where they expect you to test your blood sugar level, but they're not even giving you the opportunity to mm. completely self-manage your condition. Have you ever uh, uh, fallen into a sugar coma? Um, yeah. Um, what was that like? It's... I mean, for me, it was a blackout, you know mm. what I'm saying? But for the people that were around me, of course, they were really scared, not knowing what's happening and, you know, how to react and what to do. And Because most of the time, you don't just tell everybody, or mm. the, you know, I don't walk and, around. And how, so. how long were you blacked out for? Um, apparently, it was like 30 minutes, I think. Mm. Mm. Um, was it 30 minutes? I, th- I was out for, for mm. that time. And I woke up in the ambulance and... Uh, you know, there were people all around me and stuff like that. It was a bit confusing. But mm. um, I think it happens mostly when you're you're still young mm. and you're still figuring things out. Mm. You know, it's very difficult to come to terms with the fact that you're... Because accepting it is the first uh, difficult hurdle that you mm. have to get through. Before that, you, you, you eat what you want and then you make a lot of mistakes and... You know, sometimes you're at a party, nobody has what you, you just eat whatever's there. Mm. Or you take your insulin and then you don't eat because you feel like the food that's there, it's not right. Mm. And then, you know, you pass out before you you, you can get something to eat. Mm. So it, it, it takes a bit of time for you to accept. Mm. Firstly, that, you know, I think it took about seven years for me to accept fully with you. This is, this is the condition. Yeah, this is yeah, yeah. now you are different from other people. You're gonna have to do this in order for you to live, and don't hide. Don't don't have shame. You know, don't be Superman and try to go to the bathroom and then mm. in secret and then mm. come back. You mm. know, be open about it. And 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 the more you you do that, the easier it gets. Mm. You know, it's it's not it's not easy, but it's not that difficult. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I think I think you you touched on something so important, which is the acceptance part and the fact that obviously if you haven't truly accepted, you're not going to make all the necessary adjustments and changes to your life that you need to and be consistent with it. Yes, definitely. It, 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 takes, it takes a while. I think that's the biggest thing that you have to get through, you know, mm. that hurdle to say, dude, you're not a freak. You know, you know, this is something that happened to mm. you, you know, and you keep asking yourself, why me? Why, why not you? Yeah. You know, when I'm sitting here with the Lebuchilon unpacked, I don't say, why me? Yes. You know, that's fine. Why that's was cool. I chosen? You know, why was yeah. I chosen to be on TV? Yes. <laughs> it happened, you yeah. know, just like when when bad things happen as well, um, 
you have to accept the fact that it happened. Yeah. It happened to you. Why not you? Why yeah. why can't you be the example yeah. and show people that you, you know you can live with this? You can you can actually you know survive. Yeah, yeah. Kirsten, final words to uh, the viewers that are watching. Um, I would just like to say it took me also a very long time to fully accept it, and it wasn't until I started you know, type 1 diabetes page and started talking about my journey and connecting with other type 1 diabetics in the community that has slowly but surely started building in South Africa that I realized why I got diabetes. These people are incredible. They're all such go-getters. Like they are just, if you ever meet a type 1 diabetic, it's like they just have this energy and you just have this instant connection. Um, so my advice to anyone who gets diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, type 2 diabetes, any kind of diabetes, connect with the community, they are there and they will literally help you every step of the way, no matter the time of night or day, they are just the most incredible people. Final words from you? Look, um, the government must get their stuff together mm. and, and try to help people with diabetes a, lo a little bit more. Because it's, when you go to the public health sector, it's, it's very difficult for even the doctors to care. Mm. You know what I mean? The doctor just comes, how are you feeling today? Oh, okay, we'll give you three months insulin. Mm. And they think that's it, you know what I'm saying? But there's a lot more that goes into it. Mm. And when you, when you dig deeper, the reason why most people die from it is because they have to change their habits. They have mm. to change how they were eating. They have to change that psychologically. And you're mm. dealing with a, a, a thing that affects your hormones. Mm. You know, it's, it's insulin. And mm. that affects a lot of your emotions. Mm. That has to, you know, be addressed as well. Mm. Um, and also, you know, that could help a little bit more with, with how people eat that mm. have diabetes, you know, like give them some food packs or something of that sort. Mm. Or Because I can imagine if, if you're um, an elderly person and you have no access to the right kind of diet. Mm. So you're going to keep eating what you were eating all those years. Mm. You know what I mean? And then... And you're not going to live for very long. You know what I mean? But if it's something that, that's also incorporated with your medication to say, see a dietitian, mm. see what you can, what, what, what kind of packs they can provide for, mm. for people that are disadvantaged. You know also what I'm saying? Also education just about the exercise and the, the, the kind of exercise that you should be doing. Yeah, yeah. Because when I'm saying what is an idea exercise, I do not live here. Because I have diabetes, I have diabetes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So you, you need to know these things. And, and it's such a, a complex um, illness that, mm. that that needs to be put under the light by the government to say, we understand that it's not just take your medication and go. You know, mm. there's a lot of things that go into it and, and try to help people. Uh, in that way. But if, if you're a diabetic and you're watching this, man, do what you got to do. It's, it's not easy, but it's not that difficult. Titi, thank you so much for joining us. Kirsten, thank you so much for joining us and for coming here and sharing both of your stories. I really appreciate your openness and also just you being so real about what you've gone through that, yes, we can make light of some of these moments, but diabetes is actually quite serious. Yeah, and thank you. Thank you for caring, man. You know, not a lot of... Who said I get? I'm joking. Of course I do. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but but you know, for, for you to bring us here, that means you do care and you're you're getting the message out there. Thank you, Kirsten, for, for sharing your story as well. 
Um, yeah, thank you so much. I can't wait to connect more. I'd love to hear more about your journey as well. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Hashtag unpacked with Rilebukhile. Talk to us on the socials. Yes, we hear about diabetes. And no, guys, it's not sukiri. It isn't sukiri. <laughs> it's not Ishuyela. It actually is diabetes. And I think one of the takeaways I'm taking from this is that maybe people don't care if it doesn't affect them directly. And maybe from today, let's take a bit of that opportunity to create a bit of awareness by just getting ourselves informed because you also might be around somebody that's in trouble and you can recognize how it is you can help them if it is not you who needs the help yourself. Thank you so much for joining us. Chat to us on the socials. Have a good night. Next time on Unpacked, you feel like if I don't have that, mm. then I am not. You know, mm. I'm not pretty enough. As a six-year-old, it's a, it's a completely different perspective. Essentially, I went to school one day and I had hair and the next day I went to school with no hair. There's a part of you that maybe hopes that there's a chance that I can bounce back from this. for watching Unpacked with Rileb Mamoja. Make sure you subscribe to my channel where you can get to watch more episodes. But more importantly, you can be part of our online community. Comment down below, share with us who you'd like to see on the show, what story you'd like us to discuss. We love engaging with you. Keep it coming and don't forget to subscribe.